Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I'm Erin Barnes, host of the show, and today's guest is uh, its somebody who's been on before. It is my friend and mentor and your superintendent, Mr. Bart Banfield. Bart, how are you today? I'm doing great, Erin. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. I know your schedule is uh, probably a little insane right now. So carving out this time to speak with me is is huge. It's a great blessing also. I really appreciate Uh, it. No, it's always great to get an opportunity to visit with you and and share ideas and and obviously connect with our families as well. Uh, Well, so today's conversation is feedback loops. And I think it's something that is very innate in our school. It's something that we should be doing regularly, maybe without knowing that there's a name to it or a description to it. Uh, you know, our, our teachers are working with uh, their students and families, and those students and families should regularly be telling them, hey, this is working, this isn't working, uh, tweaking, with the end result being, you know, either graduation or getting through the school year or, or maybe skipping a grade level, whatever that end result is. But basically, having these feedback loops that are feeding and, and helping set the plan. And, um, before we get into it, I, I just want to kind of ask, like, how's this year going? <laughs> like what were, what have been your biggest surprises? I've got, give me the good, bad, and the ugly. What's going on this year that surprised Bart Banfield? Yeah. So probably I, let's start with the good, uh, the resilience, of our organization, you know, we've undergone a tremendous transition in the, over the last 12 months uh, as an organization and, and a lot of change. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that has stuck out to me, we're over 100 days into the school year, is the resilience of our families, the resilience of our staff, um, and the ability to evolve. Uh, has has really been great. Um, I would say a couple of the pain points uh, that we we are still working through, uh, and this is going to be a year of transition. Aaron, I mean, it's it's twelve months to to ultimately get where we want to go. Um, you know, phase one was just getting the school up and, and ready to start in September, and, and we were able to accomplish that goal. But the challenge was the the. Uh, experience that our families had had uh, grown accustomed to uh, at, at, at different times has has struggled. Uh, whether that's a technology issue, whether it's a customer service issue, whether it's a it's an integration issue, uh, whatever it is, uh, there have definitely been some pain points during the, the first quarter. And so I would say that that has been challenging uh, for us. But I think overall. Um, we're, we're going to get where we want to go. We've already made progress from the start of school to we're coming up on our, our 45th day of school, which is the end of the first nine weeks. And, and we've made good progress. We're not where we want to be yet. Uh, and I'm sure uh, that the, the people that will be listening to this podcast, whether they're staff members or whether they're uh, family members, parents, students, would, would echo that. Uh, but but we are making progress, and I think as long as we are doing what we're doing here today, which is is uh, communicating. Uh, with our families, with our staff, and giving them updates on where we're at, 
then then I think uh, ultimately we're going to get where we want to go. But the topic is very, very timely. Uh, feedback loops uh, is critically important because that sort of sets the table uh, for a natural recalibration that needs to occur. And, and so we're going to take these feedback loops that you and I are going to be working on, and, and uh, those will inform decision-making as we move forward. You know, you first brought this idea to me uh, several years ago, and uh, it was when you first became my, I mean, you were my direct supervisor. Now we've got a few uh-huh. layers between us, and, and I don't get to converse with you as, as often, Um but you brought this to me, and of course, I nodded my head and I said, "Yes, we will do this." And I had no clue what it was. I <laughs> thought it was like another way of circling back to emails that I needed to read later. Okay, right, and right. so um, it really wasn't until uh, I started going through that master's program where I was like, "Oh, feedback loops!" And then um, I saw it pop up on Edutopia just a few uh, months ago, and I thought oh my gosh, I need to get back with Bart and I need Bart on the show so we can talk about feedback loops because it's a buzzword, It's um, you know, but it's, it's communication, right? So give us the, give us what are feedback loops? Give us the layman version of it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the simplest version is it's a pulse on, on how your organization is performing. So if you look at, and we have a very large organization, we're the largest public school system in the state of Oklahoma, and so it is imperative that we all have a pulse on what is working. And in its simplest forms, it's cause and effect. And so feedback loops basically allow us to tap into different audiences that uh, will provide us with, with feedback on what is going right, and what is going wrong. Uh, and then basically we will take that feedback and we will sort of coalesce it into this summary uh, that we can then make future decisions on. And so feedback loops are critically important in every organization, but obviously the larger you get, uh, the more important they are. It's, it's imperative uh, that, that we have a pulse on, on the various pain points of, of our school. And the reason why is because we're a school of choice. Mm-hmm. And so parents have to choose, families have to choose, students have to choose to come to our school. We're not your local brick and mortar school. And just as they choose to come, they can also choose to leave, right? And that's, that's empowerment. And that's what our model is built on. And so it's, it's, it's important for us to make sure that we are spending time listening to our consumer and our customer, uh, the, the, the families that we serve. Um, because it allows us to be the best organization that we can possibly be. Uh, and it also lets them know that, that they are a value member or what we call an epic a partner in the process uh, in, in educating their, their children. And so feedback loops are, are critically important, and I'm glad we're diving into it today. Yeah, I, and so one of the things I admired about uh, your taking uh, – superintendency of this school is you immediately said, Hey, we need to know ground up what's going on. And last year was the first year you started the teacher and superintendent chats, uh, where you're talking with different groups of teachers each month. This year, you're bringing it to families. You've got a parent 
and superintendent council. Um, you know, I started doing this with my email, but realized quickly it, it wasn't the same thing. And so tell me, tell me why it's so important for you to hear from the teachers. Why is it so important for you to hear from these parents? What does it do for you? Yeah, I think for me, it gives me context and perspective uh, that I, I, I don't share. Now, I am fortunate that my daughter goes to Epic, so I do have that parent perspective of, of uh, some of the pain points that, that all of our parents are dealing with. But I think it's important that um, we all get so busy and we're, we're all going in different directions that it, it, it's really important for us as an organization to be able to have context. And it's only through communication, direct, synchronous communication and conversations that we can understand from someone else's point of view. And that's really what this is about. So uh, teachers have a perspective, parents have a perspective, students have a perspective, lawmakers have a perspective. And so what, what I'm doing constantly on a weekly basis is I'm interfacing uh, with with all kinds of people that have all kinds of perspectives and then sort of after diving into the micro then I take that back to the macro uh, and and use it to inform decision making as I visit with our school board and we make decisions in terms of the direction that we want to go and oh my gosh just how huge a task that is I mean because you can hear you can't please everybody I mean that's that's an adage that everybody knows you're not going to be able to please everybody. But knowing where the pain points are, knowing what the stakeholders think is super important. One of the new programs that Epic has this year is Math Plus. And in my home, we're a part of a feedback loop for not just our own Math Plus teachers, but with the the gal who's over the whole thing, Erica Nielsen. Um, You know, they... You guys have decided, hey, one of the things we're going to try to change this year is we're going to, you know, put a live teacher in front of anybody who thinks they need it. And I cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, (laughs) Algebra one is so difficult uh, to teach anyway, but teaching your own children, Bart, I've I've taught other people's kids algebra one. Teaching my own kid algebra one is a totally different story. (laughs) So. Uh, we're part of the inaugural group that's that's going through this Math Plus program with, along with a bunch of other kiddos, but we're constantly in this feedback loop. Hey, we're getting behind. Hey, that might be too much. Hey, it, it might be more clear if you said it this way. Hey, you know, and so it's been so fun to be a part of this Math Plus program and watch the changes they've already been implementing based on some of that feedback. And, and you got to know what's going on so that you can uh, impact change, uh, you know, bring change about. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's, it's honestly one of the things I spent almost two decades working in traditional brick and mortar schools, everything from a teacher to a coach, to a principal, to a superintendent. And so I think one of the things that is missing sometimes, uh, in traditional brick and mortar schools, particularly as students get older, is that listening piece, uh, and, and getting that feedback that is so critical to growth and improvement. And, and that's one of the things at Epic that we, we value. I mean, we have an insatiable appetite for improvement. And so you're constantly listening uh, to our families. We're constantly surveying and how can we improve? How can we be better? Uh, I know you do a, a weekly podcast, a lunch and learn, where we're getting feedback from families and answering questions. And 
basically what we're trying to do is we are trying to, uh, as I mentioned earlier, inform decision making. And I think so many of our families, when they pivot from their local brick and mortar school to Epic, they're surprised initially about how much we value their input uh, and that how empowered that they feel uh, to be a part of a, a critical part of their child's education. And so I think it's something that differentiates us from a lot of other traditional schools that has sort of this take it or leave it mentality. And, and, and we're not that way. Uh, teachers have a tremendous amount of control uh, and, and in decision making and where dollars uh, go for, for their child's education. And we believe that's being part of the solution rather than being part of the problem. Well, and not only that, you've mentioned choice already. Um, you know, I had the choice at the beginning of the school year to choose a curriculum for each of my kiddos. And just because I make that choice based on what I saw in the video or what my teacher said or hearing friends who have used it in the past, you know, we get into it and it may not be what's best for my kiddo. Um, we have to have that conversation, that, that loop going. So we, we need to know whether we need to be more resilient and push you know, this is the expectation. This is what's going to come from uh, the next step, you know, so we got to make sure we're ready for that next step. Or, hey, yeah, this is for a totally different learning style than your kiddo has. Let's pivot and move to a different option. And so, again, um, just just knowing when to have those conversations and how to have those conversations are, are key, especially, I mean, you don't want to get half a year into something and then need to change because you've been waiting it out, knowing it might not have been a good fit, but you've been worried about having that, that confrontation or that, that conversation. Yeah, one of the things that I'm so excited about this year, uh, talking about new initiatives, is the feds, uh, the family engagement department specialists. And so we have former high-performing EPIC teachers. Yes. And, and also parents, former EPIC parents uh, that have come together uh, to create this department uh, that is about family engagement and how can we assist our parents to be the best partners in the, in the educational process of their child. And so that's really what this is about, is, is, is about growing together, not just uh, our, our school and our staff, but also uh, assisting our parents, uh, who in many cases have never homeschooled before. Uh, so this whole concept of education from home and blended learning and virtual learning, that's new to a lot of folks uh, that are out there. And so uh, it's one thing that we're trying to be intentional about at Epic Charter Schools is informing them, educating them, and equipping them uh, to be the best partners that they possibly can uh, in the process. That's so cool. Uh, one of the things Epic has brought on this year uh, is a survey platform uh, where we're going to create our own surveys. It's, it's using Qualtrics, but I don't know that anybody needs to see or know that. Um, basically, it's just we're going to be pushing out some surveys this year. You have the teachers, and you've got uh, two teacher working groups. You've got the parent working group. I know you're in meetings with your deputies and assistants all the time, but uh, the 20 parents on the um, – uh, 
advisory committee uh, are not going to tell the entire story. They're going to give you a close indicator of what's going on in these little pockets. But we have 40,000 students. And so we thought Mm -hmm. we need to survey. Uh, And some of the surveys are going to have the same questions. We want to know how we're doing month over month. Some of the surveys will go to teachers. Some of them will go to students. Some will go to parents. And all of these are going to help inform you as well as to what's going on. And, and we, we're trying to be transparent. You know, that's the word this year. Like, you know, uh, the, the legislature wants us more transparent. The school board wants us more transparent. Our parents want us more transparent. Like, transparency is key. But to do that, uh, we're going to, to ask that um, families are, are filling out some of these surveys. What kind of things do you want to see uh, in these surveys, I mean, obviously, going in the right direction, you want to see positive feedback. But what kind of things do you expect to see in some of the the surveys that we're giving out this year? Yeah, I think probably the number one uh, frustration for our families and honestly for our staff as well is is communication. So if you look across the United States uh, in, in organizations large and small, communication is just so critical. That is that is challenging uh, in a remote work environment where ninety percent of our workforce, ninety percent of our workforce, nine out of ten people work remotely. So it's not like we're sharing the same physical space five days a week, eight hours a day. I can just walk down the hallway and, and go see Aaron and ask questions. That's that's not what Epic is. Uh, and so communication, I think, is is obviously going to be something that uh, how can we better communicate? The, the one thing that I've seen. And I've been at Epic now for almost a decade. The one thing that I've seen is a, um, a tendency to tilt more towards asynchronous communication, meaning emails, uh, text messages, static type communication versus synchronous communication, which could be a phone call, could be a Zoom, could be a face-to-face conversation uh, that is back and forth. And, and, and typically, uh, when communication breaks down at Epic Charter Schools, we are relying too heavily on asynchronous communication and not enough synchronous communication. And so uh, there's there's a time and a place for both. Uh, asynchronous communication is more efficient, uh, but there synchronous communication there is there is no substitute for a face to face interaction between a teacher and a parent, Amen. a teacher and a student. It it is just uh, there is something magical. Uh, about that. And so I think communication is probably going to be one. I think technology uh, is going to be another, um, you know, point of contention uh, or criticism if you want to with, with our families and the frustrations that we had early on with our learning fund and trying to sort of get it up to speed. And uh, there's always going to be complaints about, you know, I didn't get my laptop in time or my core curriculum wasn't set up or where's my supplemental? You know, I ordered it, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And, and where is that? And so uh, I think technology is obviously going to be another area that, that we want to improve. And then the, the, the last area sort of on a go forward, what we're looking to do uh, as we transition from phase one to phase two is we're looking to improve the customer service experience. And so how can we figure out a way to customize and personalize the experience of our students and our parents uh, in, in a in a more seamless way. And so I think these are all things we're going to be talking about. Uh, I know you and I are going to be sitting down and visiting with teachers this week. Next week, we're going to be visiting with uh, that group of parents that you talked about. And we're just going to really do a deep dive uh, into a variety of topics uh, to, to get their honest feedback on how can we be better. I think uh, one of the things you guys did really well this year that's 
also probably going to come off as what on earth? Um, and, and people just don't realize it yet is we, we realized there was a need for more, um, diversity and multicultural studies. We realized there was a need for more, um, financial studies and, and diving into homelessness and mental health. And so with the addition of several of these departments that we know families have asked for and teachers have asked for, I think, um, as we've rolled them out immediately, people are like, Whoa, what is all of this all of a sudden, you know? And I think people are going to say, it's probably too much too fast, but once they realize what's there and what we've offered and what we've offered is what they've, what people have asked for, it's going to start, um, showing returns in spades. I, I think, uh, you've done a super fabulous job at adding some departments that have really, um, been kind of missing over the last 10 years of Epic. Well, thank you. I appreciate the, the, the validation. And I think one thing that I'm really proud of that we've done this year is we've lowered our ratios. So the student to teacher ratio is the best it's ever been in the history of Epic Charter Schools, which means that students are going to get more face-to-face attention uh, from their teacher, more teaching, more reteaching of uh, Oklahoma academic standards uh, than we have historically. You know, we've been just on this incredible trajectory of growth over the first 10 years of our organization. And so uh, now that our growth is, is, has somewhat normalized, it's allowed us to be really intentional about lowering those ratios down to a level that you would see something similar uh, in a traditional brick-and-mortar setting, uh, but then that also takes pressure off of our teachers uh, in terms of, you know, instead of trying to serve 50 kids, 60 kids, or whatever it might have been historically, uh, now they can focus in on 30 kids or 35 kids, and, and that's going to give more interaction, more opportunities for interaction with our students and and with their parents. So what makes a feedback loop fail? Yeah, that's a great question. I I would say uh, discipline and a lack thereof. So I think the the inconsistency uh, of not, uh, uh, the, the inconsistency of not following up or what we call closing the loop. Uh, so it's, it's critically important that, that when we are communicating with our families, that we're then taking that feedback and, and it's informing decision making, and then we're communicating that back to them. So it's inputs and outputs, inputs and outputs, but what's essential here is, is the discipline to make sure that we continue that cycle. So if you just can imagine a circle, literally that's what we're doing. And, and whether it's done on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, semi-annually or annually, what's essential is that we have the discipline to continue to adhere to that feedback loop, whether uh, it's with parents or staff or, or students or, or the public in general. And so I think that that's probably what's critical. Uh, so then it may seem like a silly follow-up question, but I'm going to ask anyway, what makes a feedback loop successful? Um, I would say that um, valuing the, the, the feedback, the why behind it, uh, understanding why you're seeking that feedback, what, what is important, and it's, it's, there's a buzz term and called growth mindset. What? And basically what it, what it infers is that we never really arrive as an organization. Like the, 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 the journey is, is in growth. And, and so what we're trying to do 
uh, with feedback loops is we are trying to embrace this growth mindset. We're trying to understand and get all 2,000 employees that we have at Infant Charter Schools to understand the why. Why is feedback so critically important? And the reason why is because we've got to be able to be in tune and in touch with our customers. And our customers are our families. And so uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we are consistently valuing that feedback and that we are putting uh, you know, what is being preached into practice. Did you even know last week's episode was on growth mindset? I did not. No, I did not know that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Emily Beers, rising star in the principal world. Uh, she was on the episode, uh, on last week's episode talking about growth mindset and it was a fabulous okay. conversation. Yeah. Um, well then if, if a family's never done this, all right, say they're brand new or say they're, they're three years in, um, they've had a different teacher each year, a different curriculum each year, you know, how does this start? How do you start uh, a feedback loop. Uh, say you're my teacher this year, Bart. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how do we start this? The wonderful thing about Epic Charter Schools is that families are empowered in a tremendous way, unlike they would be in their traditional brick and mortar school. And so if what you have had historically, whether you've been here one year, two years, three years, if it's not working for you, uh, then you have been empowered uh, by, by our model. Uh, to pivot and to do something different, whether that's a different teacher, a different curriculum, a different supplemental, uh, whatever that is, uh, you have the control uh, to be able to choose something different for your families. And so I think what's really important when you first sort of meet with your, your teacher in the summertime and we start talking about an ILP and goals and things like that, I think it's really important that, that both the teacher and the parents set expectations because everybody's unique. Everybody's different. Your priorities are maybe different than my priorities. And I think making sure that those priorities align up front will save a lot of drama on the back end, uh, you know, in terms of uh, miscommunication and things like that. And so I think it's important that we set expectations up front, uh, that we do some, some basic goal setting, uh, but then we also are very intentional as, as, as a group about when to communicate where to communicate, how to communicate um, throughout the, the week, throughout the month, uh, and so that we're on the same page. And, and then at that point, we hold each other accountable uh, to that expectation and to that goal. Uh, and it's not to say that things don't change. I'll give you an example. We've got Christmas break coming up here, uh, and, and a lot of our families like to take two weeks like they would in a traditional brick-and-mortar setting, and, and so their kid may work ahead and um, you know, it's imperative that that communication occurs between the teacher uh, and the family so that the teacher knows, hey, this, this student's going to take a week. This student's going to take two weeks, uh, and they're going on vacation, or they're going to go see family, or whatever that is, we need to be on the same page. We need to be in sync with one another. And what we're after here, Aaron, is synergy. That's really, when you look at success uh, for an epic student, typically there's tremendous synergy between the teacher, the parent, and the student. It's a, it's a triangle. And, 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 and when we have those ingredients, we have an opportunity to create success in a way that a lot of children have never experienced. So we have two to 400 people, depending on the topic, uh, that tune in to this podcast each week. Okay. 
What if they're not on that parent advisory council? What if they're not on your teacher advisory council? How do they make sure that their voice is heard just as much as anybody else's? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, offering direct feedback. If, if, if you feel like your voice is not being heard, one, one really cool thing that, that most parents know, but uh, your teacher's direct supervisor's contact information is right below uh, that teacher's signature in their email. And so if you don't feel like you're, you're, you're being heard, that your voice is, is, is being valued, then, you know, I would encourage you to start there, start with a direct supervisor, uh, and have a conversation with them. They have a direct supervisor as well, uh, that you can visit with. And then I know, uh, getting involved, like plugging in, Aaron, is really important in the Epic ecosystem, whether that's through social media, whether that's through co-ops, wh- whatever that is that works for you and your child, plugging into our ecosystem, uh, is critically important because what it can do is it, it can allow you to connect with other families uh, that may be experiencing uh, similar pain points or uncertainties. And and so I think that's a great first step, too, uh, is, is getting plugged in. And we've got a ton of resources that are out there, uh, including our website, we're on social media. Uh, we do a lot of stuff out in communities. And so figuring out when those events are uh, and, and, and then obviously connecting with uh, supervisors, and then uh, you and I are also a resource. I know all the time you're out there. Hey, will you just you know I, I don't know the answer to that question, but will you email me? And I'll I'll go you know honey, that I have parents email me every week, every single week at Epic Charter Schools. I get I get parent emails, uh, and and sometimes it's it may be for just a one off issue that they're uh, they're struggling with, and sometimes it's a big issue, you know, and and it's something that. Uh, they, they feel like is impacting us in a negative way school-wide. And so I just know that, that we're here for families, the families that we serve. And, and we believe that school can be different. And part of that difference is, is the ability to connect and communicate with a, a variety of stakeholders at your school. So that's, that's, what I would, that's the advice I would give uh, the, the, the listeners to this wonderful podcast. Well, and you don't always have to write about educational stuff. My three favorite emails have been, where did you get that shirt that you were wearing today? (laughs) Your hair looks great. Love the new do. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's right. I mean, positive stories are welcome too. And I occasionally I'll get parents, they'll send me a picture, you know, their kid, like dressed up in their Halloween costume or, you know, something special. I I got it. I had a video that was shared with me uh, by a parent uh, of their child who was a first grader who had just learned to read his first book and so she had taken the video with her iphone and had emailed it to me this you know with a very positive hey this is this is a really special event for us i wanted to share it with you just so you know that you're making a positive uh impact on on my child and lots of other children and so positive feedback is welcome uh so as we talk about feedback loops it doesn't always have to be negative uh it can be positive as well And, and and i know that uh, our teachers, our, our administrators and leaders, uh, I know they value that positive feedback as well. Yeah. Uh, any last words of advice on uh, feedback loops or anything for, for anybody listening today? Yeah, I would just, I would just say to the listeners of, of this podcast, I, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that we value your opinion. Your opinion carries weight with me. And um, I want to strongly encourage you 
to engage with your child's teacher, with their supervisor, uh, with our EPIC ecosystem, and, and plug into to this school system. Um, we're serving almost 40,000 students across the state of Oklahoma in all 77 counties. But what is absolutely essential is that we have consistent communication um, between our parents, our staff, and our students. And if we do that on a consistent basis, Aaron, we have the opportunity, we have the DNA for success to occur. And so for the listeners of this, this podcast, just know um, your opinion matters. And, and we value you. As, we value you and your student as a partner in this process. We can't do this without you. Um, and so lean on us. We're going to lean on you, and I am confident that the end result is going to be something that we all can be very proud of. I thank you so much. So, so much. Uh, I value not just you on the podcast, but your friendship and your mentorship tremendously, Bart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Erin. All right. Well, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world. Bye.